1: Thank you for joining us. God loves his children. He protects, provides, guides, forgives, and so much more. Therefore, he deserves our trust, praise, glory, honor, obedience, and so much more. Yet we often grieve our Lord by turning from him to do things our way rather than turn to him in obedience. And what does God do? He gives us what we don't deserve, his love, grace, and mercy. He continues to teach and develop us and he is always available to us. The question is, when will we always be available to him? Have Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander speaks to us.
2: Be mindful Jonah was in the belly of the, the great fish three days and three nights. Some of y'all can't skip a meal without being miserable. Three days, three nights, no Kool Aid, no soda. No, no pizza, no pizzeria. <laughs> no ice cream, no floats, no hot dogs, no burgers. Uh, n- uh, on a fast. He said, okay, you're gonna run Now while I lock you in that fish, I'ma put you on a fast. You're not gonna drink nothing, you're not gonna eat nothing. I- I'll fix you, Jonah. Be mindful, Jonah was in that fish three days and three nights which is a long time to be without food and water, Jonah was also extremely limited and he was also extremely restricted. Guess what? In the belly of that fish, Jonah couldn't walk. He couldn't stand. He couldn't stretch. He couldn't even run. God took all the running out of him. He you're going to run for me? I said, I'll fix you where you can't even move your big toe. He was hapless. Jonah was frail. Jonah was limited. And Jonah was weak. Listen to me closely. Sometimes this is what God has to do to us when we think that we are invincible. This is what God has to do to us when we think we are so smart and all of that. This is what God has to do to us when we think we have it all together. This is what God has to do to us uh, to the extent where we we don't even uh, hear God and God can't even get through to us. God says, I'll fix you. I'll humble you. I, I, I know what to do. I know how to break you. You don't know who you messing with. you messing with the God who created the rivers and the, and the mountains and the moon and the sun and the stars. And you're going to get your puny self and you're going to tell me you go going the other direction. Don't you know I am the great I am? Don't you know when I speak, men live, and when I speak, men lay down and die? I created everything in this universe, including you, God Almighty. It's getting good, church. Let me tell you something. Number five, God knows how to protect his children through the storms of life. Whatever you're going through, no matter how big it is, how horrific it is, God knows how to take care of you in the midst of the crisis. God preserved Jonah even though he thought he was as good as dead when he was thrown overboard. Let's pretend you were on a carnival cruise ship and a crew that didn't, somebody, a group that didn't like you just picked you up and just threw, threw you overboard. I bet you'd be saying, it's over, that's it, I'm done. Huh? He was thrown overboard, but God preserved him. Uh, but 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 he himself thought he was as good as dead. Now you got to understand. We know the end of the story. Jonah didn't know the end of the story when this was happening. Jonah one seventeen says, "Now the Lord had prepared a great fish, prepared him." I told you earlier on, everything obeyed God except Jonah. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow him up, gobble, Shamu, gobble him up. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Huh, usually people people say, I'm going fishing. Instead of man catching a fish, the fish caught man, which kept Jonah from drowning. Can you imagine that? God preserved him from drowning. He allowed the fish to swallow him whole. I imagine God told the, the fish, I, don't you stick one tooth in him. Just don't, don't chew him. I, I, got, I got to use him. Just swallow him. You might get indigestion, but just swallow. You might have to burp, but just swallow that old rebellious prophet. I could only imagine that when Jonah was bad enough to be cast into the sea, but when he saw that great fish coming after him with his mouth wide open, Jonah probably yelled because he was in rebellion, you know. He probably cursed in Hebrew because <laughs> he was in rebellion. So when you get in rebellion, you start cussing and everything. You know, some look at me. Some of y'all in here have cussed lately. <laughs> All the cusses are not gone. I, he, I, I would I would be a bit surprised if that rebellious prophet cussed in Hebrew. Or maybe he got converted by that time and said like, "Oh, my, the hill, huh? Oh, my God.
1: All day.
2: All day. All that night. All that next day. All that next night. All that next day. All that next, All that next night. Beloved, I want you to get a principle out of here. Listen. No matter how bad things get in your life, if God is, is not through with you, you will not die until you fulfill God's plan and purpose for your life. Did you hear what I just said? You, you know why that, that old rebellious prophet couldn't die? He couldn't die because God wasn't through with him. He let him go overboard into the water. Couldn't die. Swallowed by a fish. Couldn't die. In there three days and three nights. Couldn't die. You know why he couldn't die? It's because God wasn't through with him yet. Stop walking around here being afraid to live. Stop walking around here being afraid to fly in an airplane. Stop walking around here being scared to go out. It's dark. It's been getting dark since you were acting a fool in the dark. Stop, stop, stop being a scary cat. I can't go to Israel. Might get a bomb. I can't do this. Oh, it's evil out there. Listen, you can't go anywhere. You can't even die until God wills it itself. Until he is through, until you fulfill your purpose in life, when God is done with your divine assignment, then you, the stage of life, the curtains of life will close and you will bow your head and die. Number six, why do storms come into our life? We can survive any crisis if we like Jonah pray our way through them. We can survive any crisis if we like Jonah pray our way through them. Yeah. Jonah chapter 2 verses 1 and 2. It's right in the text. And verse 7b it says, then Jonah prayed. Let me tell you something. It was time to pray. Now some of y'all don't want to pray. Some of y'all got some sad prayer lives. It really be truthfully told, all, all of us, all our prayer lives need reviving. And I tell you what, God knows how to put you in positions where you can't do anything but pray. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the fish's belly. He prayed, look. And he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. There he is praying. Look, out of the belly of Shul, I cried and you heard my voice. Jonah prayed. Verse 7b says, And my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. Jonah was praying. Jonah had a prayer meeting in the belly spirit, in the fish of the belly. He had a prayer meeting in the belly of a fish. Listen, don't tell me you can't pray. Let that plane tremble in the air. And some of y'all, it's amazing. Y'all can get on that plane and walk on there. And, and get you some bourbon instead of getting some water. You know, you need more water. <laughs> yeah, I'm mentally now. You know, you, you want cocktail and having, you better pray. Listen, don't you know? Every time I get on a plane, I touch that plane going in the dough. I say, In the name of Jesus, your servant's on this plane. And Lord, I know some fools on this plane and they don't know how to pray. Some pagans on this plane. I'm praying for everybody on this plane. I don't know the pilot's name. I don't know the, the attendant's name, but I'm going to pray for all of them. And I'm praying. If that that plane will stay up there because Randall Earl Draper Sr. prayed that plane up, prayed it in the air, and prayed it down. You're talking about you had a bad flight. If you, if you get off a flight to talk about it, it was a good flight. <laughs> you talking when you land, I don't care how I was shaking and bumping and dipping and all that. If you got off talking and walking, it was a good flight. <laughs> Being in the belly of a f- great fish deep down in the sea was like being buried alive in a watery grave. In verses one and two and verse seven B, Jonah's distress caused him to cry out to God in prayer. You cannot get so low and deep in your troubles that you cannot cry out in the midst of your despair to the Lord for help. Verse two B also says, and he answered me. You need to underline that. Sometimes God pray, and God can. God, God, God had mercy on Jonah. God answered. God didn't have to answer Jonah, but he answered Jonah. He answered me. Jonah experienced the mercy of God in that his prayers were answered. Beloved, it's a terrible thing to be in a crisis and God refuses to answer your prayers. Number seven. Why do God allow storms to come into our lives? God allows storms to come into our lives because he wants us to trust exclusively in him alone. God allows storms to come into our lives because he wants us to trust in him exclusively alone. Beloved, when our priorities get mixed up and out of focus, God has a way of refocusing our commitments to him and back on him. God knows how to reprioritize our lives in the midst of a storm. God desires to have first place in our lives and he will sift out things that's taken priority and that has taken over your life. Some of you have made gods out of your career. Some of you have allowed your positions to take over your life. You get caught up in your positions, your titles, who you are, what you've accomplished, your academics and all that. Some of you get caught up in your influence over people. Some of you get caught up in your possessions. Others of you, sports. Some of you, you can't get enough money. Others of you, it's, it's the cell phone, it's everywhere. You get a cell phone, and don't pick up a Bible. Others is social media. Some of you get tripped up by having too much confidence in yourself. And some, and some of you, God has to remove certain relationships out of your life so that you can see God for who he is. Some of you become so dependent on your parents and God has to move those parents out of your life. Sometimes it's siblings out of your life. Uh, that 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 that's been taking care of you. Sometimes it's your own children. He has to move. You you your child is, uh, act like he can't do and and won't do, and all of a sudden, uh, some the cha- the changes happen in the dynamics of that relationship. Or the parent dies, and all of a sudden that child kick in after your death. Sometimes it's a friend, a uh, friends that you and so you, you're in a, such a. Close relationship with until it's interfering with your relationship with God. You text your friend, text, 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 email, 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 email. You tell him today I'm eating some ham and cheese. <laughs> today I'm at the store with my puppy. I just brushed my teeth. Are you kidding me? Come on, come on. You so close to people you can't witness, you can't evangelize, you you, it's, it, you the texting is all over you, it's all in your DNA. You you just covered with text. You you just Mr. and Mrs. Text text. And God has to break up those relationships. Change the dynamics of those relationships because you're holding them, those relationships so tightly that you can't discover God, that you can't adventure with God, that you cannot walk with God, that God cannot even get, take you to the next level. Your relationship with your friends, your buddies, your peers, your whoever uh, has you out there. Jonah 1, five says, then the mariners were afraid and every man cried out to his God. And through the cargo and through the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten its load. Some things you have to get rid of, of the dynamics of that relationship has to change for you to increase and develop and cultivate a, a real relationship with God. Jeremiah seventeen seven says. But blesses the man who trusts in the Lord, not trust in a friend, not trust in the media. Not trusting a talk show, not trusting celebrities and politicians who trust in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. People will let you down. They will betray you. They will hurt you. Finally, but not the least, why does God allow storms to come into our lives? God allows storms to come into our lives to drive us back to him to drive us back to him. You've wandered so far from God, and God said, look, she's way out there, and she don't even know she's that far from me. Matter of fact, she thinks she's spiritual, and she's so secular, or he's so secular. Look what he's doing in church, but look what he's doing in the community. Look how he talks in here, and how he talks out there. Look how he treats his wife in here, but how he treats his wife at home. And a, a, a double-minded man is, is unstable in all his ways, and so God has to uh, shake up that comfort zone, that 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 wishy-washiness, so that you can be the man or woman of God that He's calling you to be. You get so far out there, God has to bring you back, and He uses storms to bring you back. Jonah two seven eight says, "When my soul fainted within me." I remembered the Lord. Oh, I thought you were running from him. Oh, now you remember him now. Oh, yeah, you you in the water, you in a fish. Now you remember God. How come you don't remember him when you were on that ship? Jonah was put in a situation where he remembered the Lord and his only options were to die or to surrender to the Lord. His dire situation drove him back to his God. There are a number of you here today, you are like Jonah. All the Jonas are not gone. Some of you like Jonah, you're backslidden. You could be a backslidden preacher, a backslidden elder, a deacon, a coordinator, a believer. And some of you under my voice, you're like Jonah, you're running from God. You running from God, and sometimes people get you to come to church, but you here, but you your spirit is bad, and we can tell when your spirit is bad. You won't smile. You frowning. You you look like you're sick. You running from God. Everything that you say about God is in the past tense. That's how we know you running from God. You used to go to church back in 1980. You used to pray. You used to read your Bible. You're a Jonah. You used to tithe to the Lord 10% of your income faithfully. But now you give him little to nothing. And you used to serve in ministry, and now you're not in one ministry, and some of you are not even a a member of a church to even be in a ministry. Oh, look how quiet he got. got Now. God is saying to you today, repent and return to Jesus. Lest the Lord brings a storm into your life with your name on it. I don't want God to bring a hurricane rander. You ought not want a hurricane Joe, whatever your name is. Say, say, say your name right now. One, two, three. Say your name. God can put that name on that storm and bring it your way. And the same God that shook the life of Jonah is still in the shaking up business. God is, you know what else? God is creative with his divine chastening. God don't, God don't need a belt to whip you. God used the fish in his case. God can use anything to tear your rear end up. And you turn around, you say, I will never under God's heaven do this thing again. All your lessons don't have to be hard learned. Here's a lesson about Jonah. It's in the Bible for a purpose. And if you don't learn your lesson from Jonah, go on and get the storm with your name on it. Some of you can't learn but the hard way. And all God's children said, let's pray. And Father, we thank you for this message. Imagine being in a fish that big. Some folk think it's a fairy tale. Some folk think it's a myth. Some folk don't, don't think this account is real inspire holy Bible and there are lessons to be gleaned from it for us today. Help us to not be hard. Help us to not be callous. Help us not to reject truth. Help us to humble ourselves. Hear the voice of God and obey the first time and get blessed of God and not chastened of God. Lord, let us learn lessons from Jonah so that we would be in good standing with you. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, you here today, I know you understood the message, but the real question now is, what are you going to do with what you heard? Some of you have been running from God. Some of you are not committed to Christ. You've been taught about the Lord in your home as a young child. And you know you're not doing what you used to do when you were young. There are others of you, perhaps you didn't grow up in a Christian home at all. But you're in church today. And the church is a very good place to be, particularly when you haven't come up in a Christian home. The church would tell you what you should should do when the home wasn't there to do that. So it's not too late for you because God is dispensing the truth to you today. So you can't say I didn't come up in a Christian home. You in a Christian church today, you just heard the word. So that's no alibi. You without excuse, you just heard the word of God. What you going to do? What you heard Today. I don't know who my mama was. I don't know who my daddy was. You know, I was on skid row. I never had a chance. God says, I'm enough for you. Enough of the excuses. Come to me humbly. Come to me. Seeking me with all your heart, mind, and soul. Whosoever called upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And God is in the saving business. You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. He will save you. Christ alone will save you. It's not Christ and Buddha. It's not, it's not Christ and Muhammad. It's not Christ. And anything else It's not Christ in your good works. It's not Christ in your merits. It's Christ alone. And in, in his merit, his redemptive work on the cross in your place, he died to save you. God wants to spiritually salvage your life, the life of your family, the life of your children, your grandchildren. The word of God is for everybody. You say, well, next time, who? That's from the pits of hell. You are deceived if you think you're having a next time. Tonight may not even be seen by you. A whole lot of folk in in hell waiting on a next time that never came. The road to hell is paved with good excuses.
1: If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety,